0: title of my message tonight is a continuation of a series we've been on. It is The Sower, the Seed, and the Soil, Part 2. I'm going to read the passage and then we'll pray just for those who haven't been here. Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 15 says, And when a great crowd came together, and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A farmer went out to sow his seed, as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the trodden path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root and no moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out." Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and at a time of testing or temptation, they fall away. And as for the seed that fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. And the seed in the good soil These are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your spirit that's in this place tonight. We thank you for your word, Lord God, which is truth and life has the power, Father God, to just transform us to strengthen us, to heal us, to give us everything that we need. And I pray tonight, Father God, that this word, Father God, would be filled with revelation and truth, that it would have the power, Father God, to make its way into the soil of our soul, that it might bear fruit and fruit that lasts. It's my prayer that you come against every hindering spirit, every distraction, every care, every disruption, Father God, that the devil might have designed in order for us to not receive the seed tonight. But I pray that we would do that, Father God, through the power of your anointing. Touch my mind as I always ask, my body, my spirit, my tongue, and touch your people's lives as well. Give us ears to hear and hearts that are willing to receive your word tonight. We give you the praise and the glory, and all of God's people said, Amen. Last week, like I said, we began our series on the sower, the seed, and the soil. And the first thing we looked at was the sower who went out to sow his seed. We looked at the farmer who got off of the couch. We looked at the farmer that decided to get up early in the morning, put on his trousers, and go out into the field to sow some seed. But we looked at the fact that he first had to get out of bed. He had to get out of the boat, you might say, out of his comfort zone, where us speaking to us, we have to get off the pew in order to go out and scatter his seed. Because the reality is we only reap what we sow. Amen? Amen. And if we fail to sow, we can't expect to reap. I believe it's just like the pastor says all the time, if you ain't launched a boat, you can't expect your ship to come in. But the sad reality is there's a whole lot of individuals standing out on the dock or standing out on the harbor waiting for their boat to come in when they, they have yet to launch even a dinghy. The reality is if you haven't prayed a prayer, you can't expect it to be answered, church. And the reality is there's a lot of individuals in the house of God waiting for a prayer to be answered that's never been prayed. They just expect God to know what they need and meet that need. But God says that we're to be anxious for nothing but with what? All prayer and supplication to make our requests known to God. And so the reality is if you haven't prayed a prayer, you can't expect for it to be answered. If you haven't taken your medicine, you can't expect it to work. If you haven't gone to work, you can't expect a paycheck. Amen. If you haven't made an investment, you can't expect a return, church, we, because we only reap what we sow. And the reality is if you haven't sowed the seed, according to the Word of God, you can't expect a harvest in your life. It's why the farmer went out to sow his seed instead of sitting on it because he wanted a harvest that was 30, 60, or 100 fold. Listen, if you want a harvest that's 30, 60, or 100 fold, you got to go sow some seed. You got to sow it into certain areas of your life. And one of the things that we have to realize is that the the farmer didn't get up and sow some seed because he didn't have anything better to do. He didn't get up at 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock in the morning. Uh, he didn't toil and didn't make sacrifice just because there was nothing better for him to do. He got up and sowed his seed because he wanted a harvest, church. He wanted a harvest that was 30, 60, or 100-fold greater than what he scattered. And if you want a harvest in your life, you and I have to do the same. If you want to harvest in your marriage, you've got to do the same. If you want to harvest in your finances, you've got to do the same. If you want to harvest in your marriage, if you want to harvest even in your personal walk of faith, you've got to sow some seed, church. You must sow into these areas of your life. If your marriage is rocky, I told you last week, sow some seed there. You need to understand that if your faith is shallow, you need to sow some seed there. If your if your life is busy or feels downtrodden, then sow some seed in that area as well. Because remember, when the farmer went out and sowed his seed, it fell everywhere, the Bible said. And it's exactly why we have been called to go, therefore, into all of the earth and share the gospel. Because the seed and the soil must come together. The seed is no good without the soil. The soil is no good without the seed, church. They must come together or we'll never reap a harvest. It's why it's so important for the children of God to come into the house of God because it's the very place where the seed mixes with the soil. It's in the house of God, in the presence of God, anywhere where the word of God is spoken. We cannot avoid those places because it's where the seed and the soil mix. It's why it's so important to have a prayer life or or get into the Word of God because it's in those areas and those times where the seed and the soil mix. If the seed and the soil never mix, you can't expect to harvest. It's like I said, there's individuals. I shared it last week and I'll catch us up and remind us again this week. If we don't mix the seed with the soil, we can't expect spiritual maturity in our life. We can't expect the harvest of heaven to be manifested in our lives unless we're willing to bring the seed and the soil together. The sad reality is, like I said just a moment ago, there's a lot of people waiting for a miracle when they've never sown a single prayer. They're waiting for a financial blessing to come in, but they've not sown a financial seed. God gives us outlines as to how we can be blessed. We can be blessed by giving, church, by, by sowing. If, if we're in the middle of a financial mess, we've got to ask ourselves, have I sowed some financial seed into the kingdom of God? Have I sowed some, some seed into some spirit? spiritual soil. We we as Christians have a 10, boy, we'll we'll spend 10 bucks here and 20 bucks there and 50 bucks here and a hundred bucks there out in the world, sowing financial seed into a dead and dying world. But when it comes to the house of God, when it comes to kingdom soil, we're so reluctant to sow a dime. We wad up a little dollar and put it in the offering plate because no one, we don't want anyone to see how cheap we are. And then we expect a harvest, a heavenly harvest to show up in our lives. It doesn't work that way. We reap what we sow. And this is what the kingdom of this is what God is trying to teach us church. We're waiting for a harvest, but we've never put a seed into the soil. We're waiting for the kingdom of God to come into our life, but we've never sown a kingdom seed. Listen, I know a lot of Christians that have never yet sown a kingdom seed in their life, and I'm not just talking about dollars and cents. I'm talking about spiritual seeds. I'm talking about the word of God being sown into certain areas of their life or someone else's life. Never sown a, a kingdom seed, and yet they're waiting at the harbor for the kingdom of God to come into their life. It doesn't work that way. God has laws and principles and, and ordinance in His Word. He tells us how the kingdom can come into our life. And this is what this, this parable is all about. It's all about being blessed and reaping a harvest that's 30, 60, or 100 fold. The truth is, just like Christ, who according to John 12, 24, had to be put into the ground. He talks about a grain of wheat having to be put into the ground before it can produce a harvest. And just like Jesus, because He was talking about Himself. When He talked about a grain of wheat having to go into the ground, He was talking about Himself. He was saying, I must be planted in the ground for a harvest full of seed to come forth. If Jesus wouldn't have died, we wouldn't have life. If Jesus wouldn't have been planted into the ground, guess what? The kingdom of God would have never been multiplied. But he had to be placed into the soil of this earth. He had to go into a grave in order for a harvest to come forth, church. And in the same way, there's two ways we can look at that. In the same way, you and I must be buried with Christ as well. This same concept of putting something into the soil, we must be willing to be buried with Christ so that we might rise up in newness of life, so a harvest can come forth in our life. Listen, the reason a lot of individuals aren't experiencing the kingdom of God in their life is because they have never been buried with Christ. It's one of the number one reasons a harvest, a kingdom harvest does not come into an individual's life because they have yet to go to the grave. They have yet to take their heart and their life and put it in the grave with Jesus Christ. But the Bible says... That the seed must fall into the ground and the old man must die in order for the harvest to come forth. And that's one of the reasons why the house of God is filled with barren individuals. Because they have yet to bury themselves with Jesus Christ. We must put the old man in the soil if he is to rise up a new creation My point is simply this, the seed and the soil must come together for anything to come forth, church, or it remains a single seed, the Bible said. Jesus said, if the grain of wheat doesn't fall into the soil, it remains a single seed. And the sad reality is that's what fills the house of God. I tried to touch on it a little bit last week. We have a bunch of single seeds in the house of God because they're not planting themselves with Jesus Christ. We got a bunch of single seeds that can't produce a harvest in their life because they're not putting themselves in in the kingdom soil that God asks us to. A bunch of single seeds. Hundred single seeds, a thousand single seeds. Listen, you can have a bunch of seeds that haven't been planted. It doesn't mean you have a harvest. You have a bunch of seeds just sitting around, a bunch of seeds hanging out in a bag. Because they haven't been planted. And that's the problem with the house of God today. I talked about it last week. A bunch of single seeds sitting around in a bag when they need to plant themselves in the soil of Jesus Christ so the kingdom of God can come forward. This is what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us, church. It remains a single seed unless it's planted. In the same way, we must allow the Word of God to be planted in the soil of our soul as well. Not only must we be planted in the soil with Jesus Christ, we must allow the Word of God, which is the seed, to be planted in the soil of our soul as well. Because if it's not, again, it remains a single seed. But if it's buried in our heart, If Jesus Christ, who is the seed, if the Word of God, which is of the seed, if it's buried in our heart, if it's buried in our marriage, if it's buried in our business, if it's buried in our family and in our household, if, if it's buried in our sons and our daughters, a great harvest, the Bible says, will come forth. A great harvest will come forth. Another sad reality I'm not here to condemn, but there's a lot of parents wondering where the harvest is in their kid's life. It's filled with weeds, they say. Oh, they're a bunch of troublemakers, bunch of this. Give me nothing but headache. And my question to you is, when is the last time you sowed some spiritual seed into their life? When's the last time you took kingdom words and put it in the soil of their soul so that a harvest can come forth? The reality is, if our kids are producing a harvest, it's because we're not sowing seed. We're not sowing kingdom seed into the soil of their soul. And then we lock them up in the room and we put all kinds of uh, restrictions on them when the reality is we think we lock them up that, that, that a harvest is going to come. I'm not saying that you shouldn't discipline your kids. What I'm telling you is above everything else, we need to sow the seed of the Word of God in their life. Same thing goes with our marriage. Same thing goes with our finances. We've got to, we've got to sow some seed because without the seed and the soul... Because the soil we're talking about is the soul. And without the seed and the soul coming together, we cannot experience newness of life. Without the seed and the soul coming together, we can't expect experience fruitfulness, church. Without the seed falling into the soil of our soul, the fruit of righteousness can't come forth. The the kingdom of God can't come forth. And there's there's no 30, 60, or 100-fold harvest in return. The seed and the soil must come together. And as important as the sower is, which we've talked about, as as important as the seed is, so is the soil. The reality is in order for us to reap a harvest, we need all three. We need some good sowers. We need some good seed. And we need some good soil. We need all three. That's why the the title of my message is called, The Sower, the Seed, and the Soil, because you can't do without all three. You have to have all three to have a harvest. You, you know, the, the reality is you can receive the Word of God all you want and I hope you do. I hope you receive the Word on Sunday and Wednesday and every week in between. We can receive the seed all we want. We can receive it into our lives. We can listen to it and receive it on the way to work. We can listen and receive it on Sunday and, and, and Wednesday and, and at our house even. We can receive the seed all we want, but the, the, the scriptural truth is unless we scatter that seed as well, unless we sow that seed as well, we still remain a single seed and a harvest won't come forth. We still remain a single seed until we scatter that seed. And that's what God has called us to do. The very first command that He gave creation was what? To go forth and multiply, not be a single seed. He told Adam and Eve to go forth and multiply. He told every plant that He He planted and positioned in the garden and on the earth. He commanded all living things to go forth and multiply, not remain a single seed. And again, it takes me back to what I just said. We're a bunch of single seeds in the house of God, living in the Garden of Eden, not going any farther than that. But we need to be more than a single seed. We need to go forth and multiply and make more of who we are. And the reality is, unless we do that... So, so my point is simply this. We can receive all the seed we want. But if we're not going out there and doing what God has called us to do, we're still disobedient and a harvest can't come forth. What good is a harvest in in just your life? That's not why God filled us with His Spirit. He filled us so that we could bear fruit and, and gain seed that we can go scatter somewhere else. And this is what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us. We can receive all that we want, but we've got to go out as well. We need the sower, we need the seed, and we need the soil. Without the sower, the seed can't be scattered. Amen? Without the seed, the soil can't produce. Without good soil, a harvest won't come forth either. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. We're going to look at the soil of the soul or the condition of the heart in the remaining time that we have left together. According to this parable, the seed fell on four types of soil. It fell on the trodden or hardened path. It fell on the rocky places, which I hope to talk on next week. It fell among the thorns and the weeds, it says, and also on the good soil, all of which we'll look at, like I said. However, the first type of soil Jesus mentions in this parable is the trodden path or the hardened heart, you can call it. From all my study and from your knowledge, it is, it, it's referring to the sinful soil. It might be called the, the wide way which leads to destruction according to Jesus in Matthew 7 verse 13. And many will go this way, the Bible says. And I wonder when I read this if, if that's why Jesus mentioned it first. Because many, according to the Word of God, will have a hardened heart. Because many, according to the Word of God, will travel on that wayward way. Many, according to the Word of God, will travel that trodden path. And I'll explain what the trodden path is. Many, church, will have their their hearts hardened by the uh, sinfulness of this world. and, And they will be found with sin within the soil of their soul. Many, the Bible says. And I wonder sometimes if he mentioned this first because it's the most common type of soil that he finds. You see, again, the reality is you can find a hardened heart even in the house of God. The reality is you can find a hardened heart anywhere... A hardened heart can hide in the, in the house of God. And, and we're going to explain what hardened heart means as I, as I go along. But what Jesus teaches in this parable is that the trodden path is the hardened heart. The trodden path is the, the wayward soul. It's the heart that fails to let the word of God have its way in its life. That's what the trodden path and the hardened heart is. It's the heart that won't let the seed penetrate the, the sinful and, and selfish soil of the soul. It's the heart that hardens itself against the Word of God and against the will of God and against the ways of God. And there's individuals in the house of God who do just that. Harden themselves against the Word of God if they don't like it. Harden themselves against the will of God if it doesn't meet their fancy and if it's not convenient for their lifestyle. Who harden themselves against the ways of God because they're busy walking in their own ways instead of the ways of God. The house of God can be filled with hardened hearts, church. And the reality is the heart that hardens itself against the Word of God and the will of God cannot expect a harvest in its life until it is broken, until it is touched by the, the till of God, church. The hardened heart cannot produce a harvest until it is broken and, and contrite and, and tilled by the, the hand of God, until it surrenders itself to the, the work of the Holy Spirit in its life and surrenders itself to the, the will of God in its life. The reality is that kind of heart must be broken. The Word says some seed fell along the wayward path and was trodden underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. The ones along this path are those who have heard, the Bible says, but because their heart is hard and their ears not open, the devil comes and steals away the Word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. One of the things you need to realize about the trodden path and the hardened heart, remember we're talking physical and spiritual. When you take seed and you throw it on a trodden path, it dances around and bounces around on the the top of the soil. And the same exact thing goes for the heart of man. A hardened heart... When, when the Word is scattered, it, it bounces around and it dances around and it can't find a place to penetrate it, can't find a place to take root. And the sad reality is, even among the believers, even in the house of God, Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, the sower and the farmer scatter seed and it finds hard hearts and it just dances around on the soil of the soul. It bounces around but never penetrates that soul. The thing that you need to understand about the heart and heart is even though it's hard, it feels the word of God dancing upon it. It feels the word of God bouncing upon it. It just won't open up and it just won't let it in. You see, you need to understand that the heart and heart can say, preach it. The heart and heart can say, Amen, brother. The hardened heart can speak spiritual words, but it will not allow the word of God deep within the soil of its soul. That's what a hardened heart is. A hardened heart is that heart that refuses to allow the word of God to penetrate the soil of its soul and change who they are. House of God is filled with individuals that can clap at the word, shout amen at the word, but not allow the Word to dwell in them richly. And a harvest doesn't come forth. You see, Jesus is not looking for a shout. He's not looking for a dance. He doesn't care how high you and I can jump. What He cares about is how deep the seed can penetrate into the soil of our soul. Because if the seed does not make its way to the soil of our soul, everything else we produce... It's flesh and carnality. Everything else we produce is foul fruit in the eyes of God. How dare we put on pretend fruit? Sometimes we're like Christmas trees that are cut out of the field. We're dead. We got nothing flowing through us. But boy, we're decorated up real nice. But about three months later, we're brown as dirt. Why? Because there's nothing flowing through us. Because we're not planted. We're decorated real good. That's not even in my notes. But the Holy Spirit just told me to share that. God's not looking for decorations. God is looking for individuals that are allowing the Word of God and the seed of salvation to make its way deep down into the soil of his soul because he's got one goal. He wants a harvest to come forth from our life. He wants fruit to be born in your life and my life. He wants others through us to be able to taste and see that God is good. Amen? This is what this word is trying to teach us, church. The the soil and the soul must come together, the soil and the soul must be connected. We need all of these things. But the first kind of soil that he talks about is a hardened heart. And if you put the seed on, on hard soil, it can't produce. It actually, according to the Word of God, it can't be saved until it's broken. It can't be saved. Read what it said. It said that the seed falls on this type of soil and the devil snatches it away so they can't what? So they can't believe and be saved. The hardened heart can't be saved. The hardened heart can't experience the kingdom of God in its life. It can pretty itself up, like I said. It can carry a big Bible, put on a three-piece suit, and look alive as it can. But it's dead, and it can't be saved until it's broken, till it's humbled, till it's softened, till it's exposed, and it allows itself to be tilled up so that the seed can find a way into the soil of its soul church. This is what the hardened heart is. This is what the trodden path is. It's the heart that fails to receive and believe in the seed. How shall a man be saved, the Bible says? It says that they must confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that Jesus died for us. It must receive and believe, the Bible says. Listen, we can't be saved. We can't experience the kingdom of God no matter how difficult the word is to receive. If we don't receive it, a harvest won't come from it. We've got to receive it. Sometimes the word hurts. Sometimes it's painful. But you know what that means? It means that it's digging down deep. It it, it hurts to have our heart dug. It hurts to have our heart tilled. But this is what the Holy Spirit wants. We can't just allow the Word to dance on the soil of our soul. It does us nothing. We can feel it, but I want more than a feeling. And again, look, I'm not condemning the church, but I'm just telling you the state of the church. We love for the seed to dance on us. We love for the seed to bounce around. We love to feel it. But God wants it to be planted in the soil of our soul so that it come forth and bear fruit. And man, listen to me. The Bible tells us that the heart heart is hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. A hard heart has been deceived by sin, the Bible tells me. One of the main things surrounding or the main causes of a hard heart, the Bible says, is the deceitfulness of sin. And this is what you and I have to understand. Sin is deceitful. Sin is a liar. Sin is a facade. Sin is fake. Sin is deceitful. It looks fair. It looks fragrant. But on the inside, it's nothing but foul. It looks pleasant. It looks pretty. But on the inside, it's nothing but pollution, church. It, it promises much. It promises everything, but it actually produces nothing. Sin produces nothing except hardness and heartache. It produces nothing but a hard heart. That's what sin does, church. And, and, when, and once the heart is hardened, once the heart is deceived by sin, that's when the Bible says the devil comes in and snatches the word away so that the individual can't believe and so that they can't be saved. The last thing the devil wants anyone to do is to receive, believe, and be saved. But that's exactly why Jesus sent His Son, so that we might receive Him and believe in Him and be saved. And it's exactly what the devil doesn't want. He don't want you receiving the seed. He doesn't want you believing the seed because if you receive it and believe it, guess what? Salvation is right behind it. This is what we have to understand. The the devil's devices, it's the last thing that he wants. The reality is, listen, we have to allow the Word and will of God to dwell richly in our lives. But the heart and heart won't do that. It won't allow the Word of God and the will of God to dwell richly in its soul. I, I always find it interesting when I read this, when you begin to think about these things and you, you, ta- you, you learn all about the analogies that God makes. He's always talking about nature, always talking about gardening, always talking about soil and seed and farmers all throughout Scripture. And I always find it interesting that when Jesus fell to His knees and He cried out to the Father, not my will, but thy will be done. He did so in a garden. He did it in the Garden of Gethsemane church. It's the very place where Jesus cried out, not my will, but thy will be done. It was in the Garden of Gethsemane where he allowed, listen to this, the will of the Father and the word of the Father to penetrate his soul, to be cultivated deep down in the soil of his own soul, church. He, it's where he allowed the will of God and the word of God to be done in his own life. You see, the reality is, let's please grasp this. If Jesus needed to do it, how much more do we? If Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane had to allow God access to the soil of His soul, if He had to surrender His own will in the garden, if He had to allow the the seed of God and the the will of God and the, the Word of God to have its perfect way in His life, how much more do we? need to have His will done in our life. He allowed it to be done in His life. And here's what you need to understand. If Jesus would have never allowed the seed of God, which was the Word and the will of God, to be cultivated, to be placed and planted in the soil of His soul, He would have never allowed Himself to be planted in the soil of this earth. He would have never allowed Himself to be planted in a grave if He wouldn't have allowed the will of the Father to be planted in His soul. And again, I go back to what I was teaching you earlier. Unless we allow the will of God and the Word of God and the seed of God to penetrate our soul, we will never bury ourselves with Christ. If we do not allow the will of God, which is the Word of God, the seed of God, to penetrate the soil of our soul, His kingdom won't come in our life. This is what we must always do. If Jesus had to do it, how much more do we have to do it? Jesus never does anything by mistake. There's always analogies. There's always background stories. There was a reason He did this in the Garden of Gethsemane. Did it because He was reminding us all about seed, all about being planted, all about being put into the ground. And if Jesus wouldn't have done this, we wouldn't have newness of life today. Amen? The reality is we must do the same as Jesus. We must be willing to go to the garden. We must be willing to allow the will of God and the Word of God and the seed of God to find its way into the soil of our soul. We too must be willing to say, not my will, but thy will be done. We have to let it be planted in our soul. But understand the hardened heart won't go to the garden. The hardened heart refuses to be touched by the till of God's hand and the till of God's Word and the till of God's Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants nothing more. God wants nothing more than to be able to till our heart each and every day. Till up our marriage, till up our kids, till up whatever. But the heart and heart won't allow God to do that. It's standoffish. It, it, it just won't open itself to the work of God. It can feel God, like I said but it just won't allow God room to grow. It won't allow the word room to grow in its life. Why do you think so often the Holy Spirit says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. He even says it in verse 9 of this parable itself. He says, Jesus speaking to the disciples after talking about the, the sower and the seed, says, He who has an ear, let him hear. Let them receive and believe the word that's been spoken. Let them receive and believe the word and the truth that I'm telling them or they shall not be saved. This is what Jesus is teaching us. We can't expect to be saved. We can't expect the kingdom to come. We can't expect a great harvest in our life unless we're willing to listen to the word of God, receive the word of God, believe the word of God and obey the word of God. If we don't do those things, church, We're not fruitful for the kingdom of God. Understand, this is the seed of salvation. Unless we're willing to receive it, unless we're willing to believe it, we can't be saved. For the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so they may not believe and be saved. The truth is, this heart has to be broken. The truth is, this heart has to repent. The truth is, this heart, this soil, this garden... Has to be tilled by the by the hand of God. It has to be softened. It has to hear, and it must receive with gladness the seeds of salvation in its life. But the hardened heart sits there in rebellion every week. Every time the word of God is sown, it's just so reluctant to receive. And this is what the hardened heart does, and it's why God's kingdom can't come into their life. And so God has to break that individual. God has to break the heart, break the will. Listen, understand this truth. If we don't surrender to God's will, He will break our will. If we, we can either give God our will like Jesus did, we can give Him our will or He'll break our will. And I'd much rather give Him my will than for Him to break my will. Amen? I'd rather give Him my tomorrow than for Him to break my tomorrow. I'd rather give Him my ministry than Him break my ministry. I'd rather give Him my marriage than Him allow my marriage to be broken. You understand what I'm saying? This is the thing. We've got to give God our will like Jesus did, or He'll break us. And this is not what we want, church. We want the will of God to be done in our lives. So here's what we have to understand. The heart and heart It's like the hard beaten path Jesus was talking about. He talked about a trodden path. And this is what he meant. It's like the hard beaten path that's trodden down by the feet of men. The trodden path is this path that's walked on back and forth every day. The trodden path was beaten down by the hooves of beasts every day. Beasts of burden carrying loads back and forth. Beat down trampled down, hardened by wagon wheels, day, in and out, back and forth, carrying the the treasures and the pleasures of this world, carrying earthen things back and forth on this soil. And God is saying that the, the hardened heart is exactly the same. It's a highway for the things of this world, a highway for the treasures and the pleasures of this world that are coming in and out and back and forth and over its heart and over its life. It's just allowing its heart to become a highway for worldly traffic. It's exactly what Jesus was saying. That's what a heart and heart is. And it allows all of that stuff to travel back and forth through its life. And listen, as Christians, we're doing the same thing. We're letting so much of the world travel over the soil of our soul. We're allowing the weight of sin, the heaviness of sin, and the the heaviness of this world, and the the burdens of this world. And you understand what I'm saying? The beasts of this world, the pleasures and the treasures to overloading us and beating down our heart. There is nothing about this world that is light. There's nothing about this world that can lift a load off of a heavy heart. What was it Jesus said? Please understand. Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my load is what? My load is light. It's light. It's light. And yet we'd much rather carry around the burdens of the world. And I'm not talking about just hurt hearts, because that's a different message. I'm talking about the world. I'm talking about the treasures and the pleasures of this world. And when we carry them around, they do nothing but harden our heart becomes a highway for the things of this world. God forbid that God's people are that. We're not supposed to allow our heart. He tells us to guard our heart, to not let the things of this world harden our heart, to not allow the the, the sin to, to deceive our heart into thinking that I'm okay, I don't need God. But that's what happens to a heart that's been deceived, church. Sin is deceitful. It has the power to petrify our soul has the power to harden the heart of man, church. And this is what we have to keep in mind. The only thing sin is capable of producing, like I said, is a hardened heart in a wayward way. And that's when the devil snatches it away. It's when it falls onto a heart that's been hardened by the deception of sin. When it falls onto a heart that's been deceived into believing it doesn't need God. Deceived into believing that it can live contrary to the Word of God and the will of God and still have the kingdom of God come into its life. House of God, again, is filled with individuals that feel like they can live contrary to the Word of God and still have the kingdom of God come into their life. Sleep around, shack up, do this, do that do all sorts of other sinful things and expect the kingdom of God to come into their life. They're deceived into thinking the very sin that they have allowed to harden their heart becomes the very thing that deceives them into thinking, I can keep living this lifestyle and have the kingdom come into my life. I know know homosexual and lesbian individuals living in that kind of sin who believe that the kingdom of God is flourishing in their life. It's not true. You may completely disagree. You You may be influenced by the political correctness of this world, but I am telling you that a hardened heart that has been deceived by sin cannot and will not experience a heavenly harvest anywhere in their life. They are deceived into thinking that the kingdom of God can come into my life, and it can't. They're deceived by sin because sin has hardened their heart to the truth. It's hardened their heart to the will of God and the ways of God and the things of God and the truth of God and the revelation of God. And a a harvest can't come forth, church. I'm not trying to be condemning tonight. I'm just trying to teach you a lesson and to define for you what a hardened heart is. A hardened heart says, I have need of nothing. Like Revelations 3.17, I have need of nothing. And yet the hardened heart doesn't realize that it's wretched, it doesn't realize that it's pitiful, it doesn't realize that it's poor and in need of everything. It doesn't realize that it's blind and it doesn't realize that it's naked. It doesn't realize it has a need. The heart and heart that's been deceived by sin thinks, I don't need anything. When they need everything, they need their heart to be broken. They need their heart to be humbled. They need their heart to be softened so that the kingdom of God can come. I couldn't help but think about this when I was studying. I don't mean to be funny and don't want to get off track and unspiritual, but I couldn't help but think about the emperor and his new clothes. You all know that story. He was so deceived by the words of the world around him that he didn't even understand his nakedness. He walked through the city marching proudly thinking he was all arrayed in beautiful garments and didn't realize that he was pitiful in the sight of those around him. Didn't realize his own nakedness. And that's, we all, that's how we are sometimes as the children of God. We're marching around thinking we are arrayed in holiness, thinking we're arrayed in righteousness, thinking we're arrayed in the character of Jesus Christ and we don't realize that we're pitiful in the eyes of God. Don't understand that we're standing there naked, unclothed, and need Jesus Christ as a covering. It's what we are, church, so often. And I point to myself. Sometimes, listen, we all can find ourselves there from time to time. We need to be careful to see what the Holy Spirit wants us to see and not be deceived in any area of our life. We need God We need Jesus. We need the seed of salvation in our life, church. And the reality is, listen, it does not realize that it's wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked, and it can't see the condition of its own sorry soul. And when the Word is sown into that life, as I bring this to a close, when it's sown into that heart, when it's sown into that individual, Satan snatches it away like the bird snatches away the seed. Jesus makes the parable and this is the parable he said. This is what happens to the hardened heart and that's when God or that's when Satan has the power to snatch away the seed. He snatches it away. When the, when the life becomes deceived by sin and hardened by the treasures and the pleasures of this world, when, when the heart refuses to allow the Word or the will of God uh, to have any rule in its life, the seed is scattered, bounces and dances around. It can't find a place to settle. It can't find a place to take root. And the angels of the air, the demons of the air, which are the birds, they swoop down and they snatch that seed away so that it cannot believe and it cannot be saved. And this is what the the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us. Listen, we've got to allow the Word of God into the soil of our soul. And if we find ourselves with a hard heart, we need to ask God to take His till to the soil of our soul and say, God, you got some work to do. I've got some work to do. There's some areas in my life that are hardened towards your word. You've been speaking this to me week after week, month after month, year after year, and I've not let you in. I'm not allowed this word access to the soil of my soul. I've kept you out of this area. Maybe because it's going to cost too much. Maybe because it's going to hurt too much. Maybe because it's going to embarrass me too much. Maybe I have to surrender too much, but for whatever reason, God... We're not giving Him access to certain areas of our life. But listen to me, God wants all of you. It's not okay to have this area of your life hard and this area of your life soft. It's not good for you to have this area of your life filled with thorns and this area of your life filled with thistles. It's not good to have this area of your life shallow and this area of your life deep. God wants all of your soil to be good soil, amen? Because it's in the good soil that a harvest comes forth. I'm going to close with this. What you and I have to understand is that the devil has no power over the seed. There's only one thing he doesn't have power over and that's the seed. He can't change this. He can't kill this. He can try to change it like he did in the garden. Did God really say that? That's what he'll do to you. You open up this word, and if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to give you the truth, and you don't seek God's truth, and you don't seek God's wisdom and direction, and you don't know it, and you don't study it, the devil will come to you just like Eve. Did he really say that? But the reality is, he can't, he has no power over this. This is the power of God unto salvation. This word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This word will not fail, this word will not falter. The devil has no power over the seed, but he does have power over the sower and he does have power over the soil. So what we have to understand in this whole series, in this story, as I wind this down, is that this and him is never the reason that we don't have a harvest. The seed is never the reason that the kingdom of God isn't coming forth in our life. It's one of two things. Either the, the devil has messed with the sower, or the devil has messed with the seed. You see, he, can't have, he doesn't have any power over this, so this is what he does. He'll mess with the farmer. He'll do everything that he can to disrupt his life. He'll do everything he can to mess up his life. He'll do everything he can to distract his life. He'll do everything he can to wear him out. He'll do everything he can to occupy his mind. He'll do everything to to bring him down, to throw depression on. He'll do everything he can to mess with the sower so the sower can't sow the seed. He'll do everything he can in my life week after week so I don't have the courage and the boldness to get up there and speak the word of God. He messed with Pastor a few months ago to try to keep him from the pulpit because he can't mess with this. So he messes with the sower. But our pastor allowed the spirit of God to come in. You see, the reality is the devil has power over the sower, he has power over the soil. We gotta guard ourselves. We gotta guard our hearts. We gotta guard our minds. We gotta guard our life because he can mess with the sower. If he messes with the sower, what happens? If he can keep the sower on the couch, if he can keep the sower in the bed, if he can keep the sower in sorrow, in sadness, If he can keep the sorrow and deep despair and depression, the seed just sits there waiting for someone else to scatter it. Waiting for someone else or waiting for that sower to to let God raise him up so he can start scattering the seed once again. If he messes with the sower, the seed brings no harvest. But in the same reality, listen, and this is where the parable has led us. If he messes with the soil, the seed brings no harvest either. So, if I can't mess with one thing, I'll mess with the other. He'll mess with the soil of your soul. He'll bring the pleasures and the treasures, he'll bring the fragrances and the the fairnesses of the, the world. He'll bring the pleasantries. He'll, he'll allow the, the world to trample back and forth, flow in and out of your life. So you become hard. And once the soil becomes hard, it doesn't matter how valuable the seed is. All it will do is dance and bounce around on the soil of our soul. You can't mess with the seed, but a mess with the sower... And I'll mess with the soil. But how many of you are here tonight and say, "God, I want to harvest in my life. I want to be a sower. I want to be a good sower, and I want good soil in my life. Because God, your seed is already good. Your seed's already powerful. Your seed is already filled with life. Your seed is already filled with a harvest. Your seed is already filled with healing. Your seed is always filled with, with forgiveness. Your seed is filled with everything. But but it needs a sower and it needs good soil. If you're here tonight and you say, God, I want good soil in my heart, I want you to stand to your feet, because this is how we're closing. This is what we're saying tonight as you stand to your feet. God, I'm giving you access to the soil of my soul. I'm not gonna let the devil mess with me any longer. I'm not going to let them mess or trotting me down. I'm not going to let them harden my heart. I don't care if there's one tiny area in your life where you've not allowed the, the till of God's will to have its way in your life. That's what you're going to pray about tonight. God, this area, I've been hard. This area, I've been reluctant to, to let your will be done. This area in my life, I am this. In this area of my life, I've been deceived into thinking, uh, believing a lie. And I'm not saying it has to be atrocious. I'm just saying you've not given God complete access. That's what you're praying tonight. God, if there's any hardness in my life, I'm allowing you access because I want a harvest that's 30, 60, or a hundred fold. Amen.